1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. In my journey with Jesus, I discovered something very interesting. My life, which I thought I had control of, was not being controlled by me, rather, whatever I chose to follow. If I followed my own feelings, then my feelings controlled me. If I followed the advice of others, their advice controlled me. And I found many roads in life that I had landed on were because I chose to go there. So I did have the choice to choose it. But why I chose them, I wasn't certain. And there were a few situations that were thrust upon me that I really couldn't do anything about. It was out of my control. But most of them I could, but I just wanted to follow someone's lead. So when Jesus got a hold of me and I realized there was a little more to life than trying to always find my way, I was excited. If Jesus knows all and he is God and he knows my heart and he will speak to me when I want him to direct my paths, then I was good. And I came into that frame of mind by meeting others that were obedient to Jesus and seemed to have a pretty interesting life. They weren't boring or nerdy. They were actually really cool people that had peace. And they didn't really seem bothered by all the insecurities in the world and and things that freaked me out. So I wanted the same thing. And I thought it would be easy, but it wasn't. And when Peter wrote his letters or epistles, as they're called, he comes at it from a person who has been born from above, sins, cleansed, redeemed, empowered. But his life was not always like this. From what little we know about his life contained in the scriptures, Peter seemed to have a pretty impulsive personality, and he really screwed up a few times. And when you see Peter after the Lord restored him three times in John 21, 15, we can easily feel his pain. He had not only denied the Lord, but he had also proven himself a coward. In Matthew 26, 35, Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. And in that same chapter, Peter will deny the Lord not once, but three times. And when the angel who appeared at the empty tomb told those who had arrived early on that morning that Jesus rose from the dead, the angel says in Mark sixteen seven, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So the angels made sure Peter was included. Why? Probably because Peter felt like a miserable coward and betrayer that he had just proven himself to be. But Jesus would bring him back into the fold. And when Peter received the baptism of the Holy Spirit later in Acts chapter 2, he suddenly became a bold witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And what was the difference? Peter had been redeemed, and he knew it. He was also running on Holy Spirit power that enabled him to deliver a powerful sermon in Acts chapter 3 and withstood the leaders to their faces in Acts chapter 4. In Acts 4.13 it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Peter was a new man. In Romans 6.6 it says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. So Peter writes in 1 Peter 4, 4, with respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. Peter undoubtedly understood his own personal darkness as he walked in the flesh all those years before he met Jesus. And when he was redeemed and filled with the Holy Spirit, he saw more clearly how walking according to the flesh, which he used to do, is not suitable for the believer. 
and how those in the flesh can't understand why we who are in the Spirit live the way we do. I had just been assigned to another duty station, and upon arrival, I took a long, hard look at my life. This was long before I was a believer. And I realized at age 22, I was drinking way too much. I wasn't working out, and I saw myself becoming like a lot of people I worked with who were a mess. So when I arrived at my new assignment where nobody knew me, I decided to stop drinking for one year and start hitting the gym. I made it my goal. So in my introduction to my new unit, a couple of the guys offered to take me out to the bars to get to know me. And when I told them I stopped drinking, I was blackballed immediately. They made it clear they didn't want to be around me. And it was only when I went on my one-year drinking sabbatical that I saw how vital alcohol is in so many people's lives. They can't seem to live without it. And I would end my sabbatical after a year and start drinking again, but at a lesser degree, and then ultimately giving it up a few years later when I saw the same issues emerge in my life. I didn't want anything to do with it anymore. But when I told people I don't drink, they thought I was crazy. Jesus said in Luke twenty-one thirty-four, But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life that come upon you suddenly like a trap. There is no hope in debauchery, and I knew it even when I was in the midst of it. And when I came to Jesus and began to take him and his words serious, so many things changed, including my perspective on life. This new life was being built on the word. And as I struggled to learn and implement God's word in my life, I noticed I was experiencing peace and that peace was good and I wanted more. It was the same peace I saw in those believers when I first came to the Lord. 1 Peter 2.2, like newborn infants, longing for spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And that's what I did. That spiritual milk got old. I wanted more. So with the old life passing away and the new life emerging, my new church family, many of which were going through the same thing, they became such an encouragement in my relationship with the Lord. We were praying all the time. We were talking about Bible verses and how they spoke to us, sharing cool stories about what God was doing in our lives. It was an amazing time in my life. The old life not only was going away, but I was really repulsed by the things in my past and didn't want to go anywhere near them. So when I would meet with old friends and hang out with them at a class reunion or at the fair or any other event where we may run into each other, I realized as we sat and got caught up how different I had become because the old language comments as well as their current lives, they all took me right back where I was. And I tried to encourage them, but they still seemed content to be living in debauchery. And my old crowd was proud of their debauchery, and so was I, before Jesus. But things were different now. I was free and living in peace. That's why it's so hard for me to stomach churchgoers that are still living in the flesh. You know, I don't understand others' perspectives, I admit that. But while I try to respect them, I'm constantly telling believers to trust in the Lord. Don't worry about the things in this life that we can't control. Rather, as it says in Psalm 118.24, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Forget about the past, man. It's been paid for at the cross, but sadly, how many believers really hold on to their pasts? And some of them do it willingly and gloat about them. And they seem to want to tell everyone how bad a person they were and how crazy their stories were. Why not rather say something cool about what God has done this month? The old person in us is supposed to be dead. Ephesians 5.15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, or be continually being filled with the Spirit. That's what that means. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the way we're supposed to be living. 
that joy that's in us from the Lord is supposed to be empowering us. How is this message so neglected in church? So many people moping around like their parade just got rained on. I believe we all have bad days. I know I do. But our hope is not here. Rather, it's in heaven. And when we get bogged down or we feel we must retell an old story of our debauchery to perk up a conversation, wouldn't it be a lot cooler if we were able to perk up that conversation about what God had just done that day? Hey, man, I was driving down the street and this happened. It was so cool. It was totally an act of God. Or, hey, you know what? This week I've been praying for something and God totally delivered. Or, hey, remember when we were talking about that one guy? I talked to that guy. Guess what, man? This guy just received the Lord. It's things like that that we should be preoccupying our minds with. But how many believers who sit in church every Sunday don't have a cool God story in the last month, in the last year, maybe ever. Sad. Shouldn't be like that. There should be ample God stories for those who walk in faith, and there are if we choose to do so. We would do well to remind ourselves who we are in Christ. First Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are new. Let the old person die. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you.